Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, is supposed to be these things, holy, sacred, and blessed. But for some reason, somehow, it turns into a season of indulgence, selfishness. What am I going to get? What am I not going to get? Right? Pity, sometimes. What somebody doesn't have, they should have that. Or as a parent, what I can't give to my children that I want to give to my children. Think about it. The season that marks God saying with an explanation point, undoubtedly he will bring freedom and peace to earth is often marked by most Americans experiencing debt instead of freedom and stress instead of peace. That's crazy, right? Now, that message you've heard, I'm sure a thousand times. So I want to put a spin today on this particular message. I want to say Christmas is meant to be a blessing. Christmas is meant to be a time where you are blessed, not just by God, but by others. And as you know, I've been preaching a series on blessings. So today, I want to ask you this question. What happened to the blessing? What happened to the blessing? I want you to think about that. You see, today is the third part in a series of blessing, in a series of blessing podcasts, series one and two, that's up on um, our website. You can go back and listen to part one and part two. Today is actually part of that series, but it's not about the blessing itself. It's more about what we did with it, what we do with it. Where did it go? What did the blessing turn into? You see, something happens if you're not careful with your blessings. I guess another way to put it differently, I told you in the first part that God desperately wants to bless you. He wants you to take from him. I told you last week that there are conditions, terms, and conditions to receive his blessing. Every single blessing, every single promise, every single covenant has a term or a condition. So if you believe that and you follow that and you're obedient, we've understood that, wow, God wants to bless me and yeah, I'm going to get blessings. So then today I want to talk about what happens when you get them. What do you do with them? How do I keep them? So let's talk about that. And the first thing that came to mind to tee this message up was side effects. Why do I use the word side effects? Any of us who have been to the hospital or have taken medicine have heard this word before. Amen? Amen. There are a lot of translations for side effects. Here's an easy one. The bad stuff that happens when you take the good stuff. Something good's about to happen. What's, what bad's going to happen? Right, so I'm going to go to the amusement park. I'm going to have a great time. What are the side effects? Going to get sunburnt, going to get a headache, going to get a headache, probably going to be broke. Side effects, upset stomach, you got it. Side effects. Now with medicine, you have to be careful with side effects, right? Side effects, they can be cumbersome. Side effects, if you don't manage that, can get out of control. In fact, side effects could sometimes be worse 
than the problem you were trying to solve. Amen? This message is about when something good turns bad. When something good turns bad. For example, sometimes as a pastor, people want to bless me. And one way I enjoy to be blessed is to spend time with you. And sometimes people want to take me out to eat or they want to provide me with food. And, you know, often as the case is I accept it. You want to bless me? You give me some nice pie or some nice cake or some nice whatever, brownies. You say, bless it. I go home and eat it. It's full with gluten. And let me tell you something. I'm a sick man. Now, you meant something very good with it. You wanted to bless me. And I'm home like, why did they do this to me? Okay, you follow my point. It's not just me and gluten and them crazy gluten people. You guys have been to the, you've, you've experienced this, right? You go to a party, you're expecting to have a blessing and a good time. Maybe you're going to go out to dinner with your family, you're expecting to be a blessed time. And then what? Haywire. There's a wait that's three hours, the food wasn't right, you know, this happened, the music, whatever, the server, whatever. What, the night that was supposed to be good all of a sudden turned bad. A side effect sometimes, of trying to do something good, of trying to receive something good. Are you tracking with me, church? All right, so I have this story here. It's a cute story. Uh, it's supposed to be a funny story. I'll see how it goes. That is a blessing I'm sure we all would want. It is $1 million. That's what it looks like in the Federal Reserve Bank. One of my clients right now is the Federal Reserve Bank, so I've been talking about this. This was not actually my photo, so I, um, I didn't take this photo, but doing a little bit of research, you can find these all over the internet. They actually have cases like this of $1 million. Um, that's what it looks like. I don't know if they all have that little logo on it with the finger pointing down to it. I think that was cute, which is why I decided to use it. I want you to think about $1 million, because many of you say, that's a great blessing. That solve all my problems. Here's a story. A lady received a memo in the mail addressed to her husband. She opened the memo, and the memo says her husband had just inherited $1 million. Now, her husband had just been released from surgery. He had a heart condition, and she was really worried about his health. So in fear for his health, she didn't want to go and tell him this, and so she thought, I'll go tell the pastor and have the pastor ease him into it. He's good with this kind of thing. Pastor says, love to handle the situation for you. Pastor goes to the hospital like he always does, sits down at the bedside. He asks him how he's doing. He prays for him. He says, hey, Bob, what would you do if you had a million dollars? If you got a million dollars, what would you do with it? Bob thought for a second. And then with all the confidence in the world, looks at the pastor, says, why pastor? I'd give it to you in the church. Instantly, the pastor has a heart attack. <laughs> now, this is a joke. My wife emphasizes this is a joke. Do you see my point? Do you see my point? The surprise pastor, something good turned into something bad. It caught him off guard, actually. This is what I'm trying to understand in Scripture and what I'm trying to get a hold of this week in blessing. You know, I preached all this, you know, high, high, high blessing. I don't want you to get caught off guard. There's two sides to every story. 
there's two sides to the coin. And so today, I want, to, I want you to understand. I want you to be prepared. I want you to focus so that you don't get caught off guard. Now, me personally, I'm prepared. I'm not going to get off guard. So if you want to give me a million dollars for the church, my heart is welcome to receive it. We will take care of it. I'll show you where the money will go. But you and us spiritually need to be prepared how to handle our blessings when they come and what we do with them when we get them. So you have plenty of blessings. We've talked about this. What do you do? I want to share this verse with you. Look, today, I am giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. This is a very interesting verse here in Deuteronomy. We've been talking about Deuteronomy. It's a great book of the Bible to go and understand about blessing. I'm not going to teach too much. I just want to point out this one simple word, choice. Do you realize today that you have a choice to be blessed or to be cursed? It is not something that happens arbitrarily. And moreover, with the blood of Jesus, it's not something that's going to be bestowed upon you. You can be blessed or you can be cursed, and you have a choice. If you look at the next verse, this is verse 26. Verse 27 says simply, if you want to be blessed, obey. We've already learned that, terms and conditions. And then it says, just in case you're wondering if you want to be cursed, don't obey. It's pretty simple. Now, I ask you to think, is this the life that you know? Is this the life that you hear? Is this the life that, do we really have a choice as we go through life between blessings and curses? And does it, does it work that way? Let me give you a couple examples. I think I may have used these last week. I'm going to use them again. What about you're at work and you're doing a great job and your skills are getting up and, and you have more experience and you're ready for a promotion? This is supposed to be a blessing, a new job, a promotion, but you are too impatient and you push forward. Maybe you go get a counteroffer or another job. And what ends up happening is the blessing that was supposed to come turned into a curse. You have a, a job in the wrong place with the wrong responsibilities. And maybe it's financial disaster for you. Curse. Or maybe you are at a point in your time where you're ready to pursue a spouse. And you're excited about your social circle. And instead of focusing and listening to the God's voice, you prematurely rush into a romantic relationship, and now you're hooked up with the wrong person, and you guys don't and aren't compatible, and all of a sudden you wish this never happened. A blessing into a curse. Or, or how about, ah, oh, I found my dream house, but it's going to go off the market. I better put an offer in now. Because if I don't put an offer in now, then somebody else is. So I'm going to put my offer in because the Lord's going to give me this house. So you put the offer in, you rush into the house, you get the house without doing all the research, and you find out it's the wrong area, the wrong schools, or there's issues that you weren't aware of, and now you're a mess. Curse. You had a choice in all three of these situations. Here's another one. You have an opportunity to invest money. Somebody tells us a once-in-a-lifetime investment. Go do it. Go do it. Go do it. And you whimsically Go do it. You didn't do the research. You, you didn't go ask advisors. You didn't pray about it. You just went and did it, and all of a sudden, the money's gone. And yet, God was calling you to invest, and so you had an opportunity for blessing, and now it's a curse. This happens all the time, every day. Whether you are a Christian or not, this is happening. God wants you to be acutely aware of how you are handling your blessings. Now, Here's a very easy way to remember. It's the name of my message. You ready? The name of this message is sour milk. What is sour milk? Well, the Bible says 
that God, in the midst of the blessing of his Jewish people, was taking them to the land of Milganani. This is one of the greatest blessings of all time, milk. It comes from life and it gives life. Milk. And yet, if you mismanage milk, I can guarantee you what's going to happen. It spoils. And the you know, younger version of this is it's nasty. As a matter of fact, I typed in sour milk into Google to get some pictures, and none of them I could look at. Like, I was like, oh, no. This was the most appeasing one of the sour milk. My point is, if you mismanage milk, it will spoil and it will turn. And it is no longer a blessing. Similarly, blessings mismanaged will spoil. They will turn. So I wanted to give you some examples. So I just wrote down, I asked my family, what are the standard blessings that we think of? Let me write them down and tell you examples so you can make sure we're on the same page. Let's take any of them. Pretty much anything. So money, let's take that one. Everyone says, oh, money. If I get lots and lots of money, I won't have any problems. That is the most naive statement I've ever heard. Lots of lots, I won't have any problems and everything will be great. Well, all of a sudden, with all this money, now you have tons and tons of people ask you for it. Problem number one. Problem number two, you got all this money and forgot that, oh, now I got to pay way more taxes, forgot to do that. And at the end of the year, you end up owing way more than you thought you had. Or you get carried away and get in more debt than you thought you had. Or you really, really love your money and now you don't want it to go away. So you hoard it and you keep worrying about things like taxes and other things and all these ways to keep it so that it will never go away. And now your life is full of stress. All of these happen. Possessions. Think about possessions. You buy possessions. You feel like those are going to be a blessing. You get this possession. The Lord has blessed you with this possession. Now all of a sudden, you don't want anything to happen to it. Well, if something happens to it, you get messed up. You're all frustrated. And the blessing turned into a curse. You worried more about the stuff over the people. You worry about the stuff getting messed up more than you are people being hurt. Health. Let's take that one. People ask for health. We ask for health. These can turn into a curse. You ask for health, Lord provides you health. And some of you take health then for granted. What happens is you forget healthy habits. You forget about eating healthy. You forget about exercise. You forget about sleep. And you start doing these things, and all of a sudden you find yourself in the midst of a curse. Or maybe your doctors or your medicine, God purposely anointed it to bless you, to get you out of your situation. But instead, you abuse it, and the blessing turned into an addiction or turned into something else that you wish you never were exposed to. Time. You can abuse it. You can waste it. You can no longer appreciate it. Time itself will pass you by. Space. Where do you live? Where do you work? What's your neighborhood? I love my neighborhood. It's a blessing. I love my home. It's a blessing. I love my circle. It's a blessing. Until you see something better. Then when you see a nicer house or a nicer neighborhood or a nicer group of friends, now yours is like, I don't want it anymore. Like, it, it gives me a bad taste in the mouth because I want something else. Mismanaged blessing. Here's one more I thought of. Knowledge. You know knowledge could turn into a curse? You know, knowledge is power, right? We want more knowledge. Well, knowledge, you gain this as a blessing and then you begin to abuse it and you start using your knowledge to hurt other people to put them down, to oppress them, to, to be condescending towards them. Or maybe you're worrying so much about ideals or concepts that, that you don't have the ability to change. Or maybe you're misunderstanding your knowledge 
leading to racism or terrorism. Curses that were supposed to be blessings. Are you following me, church? Sour milk. You could take any blessing, think about anything, and in Scripture will show you how you can turn that into a curse. Now, I don't have time to get into all the Scriptures today, so I'm going to go through a few. Because the first question I want to ask to you is, now that you know that it can happen, I've given you a bunch of examples, will it happen? I want to ask you this. What if I told you sometimes God purposely makes it happen? What? That's not the God I serve. My God blesses. He loves. He's graceful. He's merciful. He doesn't do this kind of thing. We sang a song today, He will give and He will take away. Malachi 2, 2 says these words. Listen to me. Listen, Linda. Make up your minds to honor my name. Get it straight. Obey, the original text says. Obey the Lord of heaven, or I will bring a terrible curse against you. That you know. That's not what I'm highlighting here. Look how the verse ends. I will curse even the blessings that you have. See, this doesn't require a lot of preaching here. You guys, it, when, it, when it gets in, you're like, oh, man, wow, really? Really? What? what? All my blessings the Lord will curse? He, he'll do that? Do you know the Lord loves you more than your blessing? Do you know the Lord cares more about you than what you define as success? He cares about your soul. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? The point of this is, the point of this church is, that you are capable of experiencing both blessings and curses. God is, is capable of both blessings and curses. And don't be mad at God. Be obedient. He makes it very clear. You don't want curses in your life? Be obedient. It's, 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 it's really very clear. Now, here's where it gets interesting. You may say, well, that, that still doesn't sound like a good God to me. It frustrates me. How about when you do it? What do you mean you? Oh, yeah, I mean all of you and me. What about when we do it? What do you mean? The Bible says this in James 3, 10. Out of the same mouth come your praises and your curses. It means us human beings are capable of the same body and mind, of blessing someone, and that same mouth may be in the same sentence, cursing. This is not just curse words or using the Lord's name in vain. This means you mean ill to someone. In the same body, that means blessing to someone. We are capable of both. And so what I'm telling you, if I preach an entire series on blessings, it is not right. I am not doing a good job if I don't also tell you that there is another side to this story. Take ministry, for example. Ministry is an important one because it's one in church we hear all the time. It's very, very, very important. Well, no, God's important, number one. Your family is important, number two. Often is the case your job is important, number three, and then ministry, number four. But as it goes with ministry, what happens often is, is we uh, intend to bless someone. We want to be part of our ministry. We want to pour out of our lives. We want to bless. We want to bless. We want to bless the kids. We want to bless the worship team. We want to bless the audience. We want to bless the members. We want to bless the visitors. We want to bless, bless, bless in ministry. And that's the point of ministry, to give of yourself to bless others. But what happens when you want to bless those and you start doing the ministry and you don't get the response you want? Kids don't like you, or they cry. The church members don't like your music. They don't like the way you greet. What happens then? Now you're mm, all frustrated, 
you don't feel as fulfilled. Oh, if I could only do this ministry, if I could just do this ministry, Jesus will fill me up. Really? Show me that verse. I'd love to see that one. That's not how it works. Jesus fills you up, and then you do ministry so that you pour yourself out. So then he fills you up, and then you pour out. We've talked about this over and over and over again. But my point here is you don't feel as fulfilled, so the blessing that you were trying to do, now all of a sudden, you feel cursed. It's too much work. This, this whole ministry thing is just too much work. I'm burning myself out. The blessing is turning. Okay, so now you got my example. The question is, is how does this happen? Why does this happen? The question I want to ask you is which blessings are you allowing in your life to turn into curses? I know we live in a blessed church today. I know many of you. I talk to you all the time at the blessings in your life. Are you managing all of them carefully? Think about your life. What blessings might you be mismanaging? What blessings might you be mismanaging? And as you think about that church, you may say to yourself, I, I don't know. Part of the problem may be you got too many blessings. You got so many blessings, you have a hard time figuring out which ones you're mismanaging. Some of you may know right away, oh, I know what I'm doing. Today is an opportunity. Today is one of those serious messages. It's not one of those get up and go hip, hip, hooray. God is great. God is good the whole time. Bless me, bless me, bless me. He's already done that. This is a message to say, oh, oh, Lord, you want me to do something with my blessing? Let's talk about what not to do. So as I looked through Scripture and as I got into it, I've realized three things keep popping up over and over and over again as reasons of why our blessings turn into curses, of how bad is the obedience, what does the obedience look like? Well, it looks like these three things. Indulgence, idol, idol worship or idolizing something, and abusing, abusing your blessing. If you indulge, if you idolize, if you abuse, I'm pretty sure your blessing is going to turn into a curse. Blessings turning into curses. I want to read this to you because I want to make notes so that, that you can hear my passion about what the Lord, I believe, is saying to me. So I wanted to start with myself. So I thought to myself and say, I'll give you some examples. I'm a pastor, and you may say, okay, well, what do you struggle with? Well, I've had, I don't know, 13, 14 cars in my life. Some of them have been brand new, and there's nothing like being blessed with a brand new car. It feels great. Then you're driving home, and when that first rock comes and hits the car, and you get that ding, I don't feel so good. All of a sudden, you're mad. You're angry. I don't know who I'm angry at. Myself, I guess. I'm angry at the guy who kicked up the rock. I don't know. You know, or you're, you know, you're worried about it getting messed up or a door ding or whatever else, and you stay up night thinking about it. This has happened to me in the past. Fortunately, I'm now aware of it, and I say, shoot, Lord, that car is not as important as these souls, and Lord can provide me 10 more cars. But when we idolize something, that could happen. What about indulgence? Well, how does a pastor indulge? Well, it's not necessarily sin, the kind of things you're thinking of, but sometimes it can happen just in wishful thinking. Oh, I wish my church was so big. I wish we had this. I wish we had that. Right, even in our own home. I'll tell you, my wife and I, we prayed and we believe God honored and blessed us with the home we live in. It was exactly what we needed for our family, my children, my mother and father. It was perfect for us. And time has passed. Our kids have grown up. The same things that made the house perfect are the same things that make the house a crazy house right now. And so how can we be the same people praying, Lord, give us the house? The same people in the same spot praying, Lord, get us out of the house. Like what? You see my point. 
college. College. College should be a blessing. You can abuse your time at college, waste the opportunity, waste the money. College turns into a curse. College. You can indulge. How? In social freedom. Spending time with all your friends, going to parties, doing this, getting that. You know what happens? The blessing of college turned into a curse. You're getting in trouble. It turned into a curse. You're getting involved with the wrong friends. It turned into a curse. You may actually endanger yourself. Happens every year. Knowledge. You gain all this knowledge, and that should be a blessing, but you begin to idolize it. You idolize it so much, you find yourself, instead of getting direction and purpose, you find yourself getting sidetracked on meaningless pursuits to prove your credibility or prove some point. Marriage. Marriage. A blessing above, I believe marriage is the number one blessing on planet Earth. You tell me I'm wrong, but I, I believe that. And I believe that there's so many great, it's why we do our marriage counseling, it's why we put so much effort into to marriages. But the blessing of marriage is this closeness. You start abusing that closeness and all of a sudden, your blessing turns into a curse. Now you're hurting the very person you love. Intimacy. You idolize sexual intimacy and guess what happens? It ends up getting perverted. Now, you don't want to be in the marriage. You want to be elsewhere, outside the marriage. Or worse, you're perverting something inside the marriage, and one of the spouses feel like they're in prison, and they don't want to be married. You turn it into a curse. Parenting. Well, this is an interesting one. We have a lot of experience in this. Parenting is supposed to be a wonderful blessing. As a matter of fact, it is the one true way, I believe, that we can get a better understanding of who God is by being a parent. Now, it's not for everyone. Marriage isn't for everyone. You get married, you understand the three-chord strand. You get married and have children, you understand having children and what it means to be a parent. All of a sudden, Father God takes on a whole other meeting. But you begin to idolize your parenting. All of a sudden, you create expectations way high that you'll never reach. You'll never meet. And all of a sudden, every day, you're sad. You're not doing a good job. You're not a good mom. You're not a good father. And you've cursed yourself through the very thing God wants to bless you. Or you put some system in, and you abuse the system where instead you're supposed to be training up your child in the way that you go. Instead, you've created some rules and regulations. It's more of a penitentiary than it is a family. Church. You know church? Church can be a curse. What? God's house? Sure. Isn't church the place you're supposed to feel loved? Unconditional love, like family. It's a church family. It's supposed to feel love, the place where people feel included and not left out. Yet church can become a place where we feel left out, where we feel anger, where we feel jealousy, where we feel fear instead of love. How does that happen? Again, it's these three things. Well, we indulge. Maybe we indulge in gossip. The social fellowship and circle where becomes a clique. Instead of fellowship, it's a clique. And what happens is, we exclude instead of include. Or maybe we idolize our churches. Maybe we say, we go to the best church. There are no churches as good as my church. I don't want to hear about your church. I want to hear about my church. You meet somebody, you got to come to my church. I don't care if you're Baptist, come to my church. I don't care if you're Catholic, come, my church is the best church. No, it's not about God, it's about my church. And the pastor I got, he is outstanding. Preaches great messages, gives good advice, he's never wrong. If he tells you something, that you think is not true, it is true. If he tells you something your pastor doesn't say, he, he's right, he's wrong, get my point? You begin to idolize, and what happens is, is now you've just removed so many opportunities for God to work in your life. 
By the way, real quick, I just need you to hear this. I need everyone to hear this. Here's how you abuse church. Take, 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 take from church. Church is not your answer. I am not here to tell you that church is your answer to anybody. Your health, your addiction, your finances. God is your answer. God will work at home. God will work in the workplace. God will work in your car. He'll work in your bathroom. He'll work out on that street. He also happens to work here. Now, church is a great place to learn about God, a great place for the people in the church to help manifest God's blessing in your life. It's a place you should absolutely come for help. But I need you to understand, church does not replace God. We have an image of God, and we are trying to acknowledge his power, not the lack thereof, right? But we will always fall short because we're human beings. Amen? Two more, and then I'm going to start closing out. One, freedom. Today is a day and age where we have learned that freedom, which is such a blessing that America holds so dear, can literally be turned into a curse. We use our freedom. We don't care about what we say. We don't care about what we do. As a matter of fact, we do it despite what other people say and do. We take those freedoms and we hurt people. We take those freedoms, we oppress people. We take those freedoms and we literally kill people. Get it straight. Freedom comes with a price, and if we mismanage freedom, we will have the same curse any other country does. Now let's talk about church. Let's talk about church for a second. What freedom do you have in church? I want to get this one straight because this one gets twisted too. It's something I preach a lot about, but, but today I want to say in a little different light. Tithe freedom. You have freedom to tithe. You have freedom not to tithe. It's no different than salvation. God wants you to love him. He wants you to serve him, but he will not make you. He wants you to give 10%. He will not make you. You have the freedom to accept him. You have the freedom to tithe. Why is that important? You need to hear this, church. You have freedom to tithe. What does that mean? I need to say this with, with as much love and respect as I can. God does not need your money. God does not need your money. God owns the universe, created all that's in it, all that was, all that is, all that will be. He don't need your money. He gives an opportunity to tithe so that he can bless you. He wants to bless you. So he gives you freedom to receive that blessing, the same way he gives you freedom to receive his love. It's freedom to be blessed. But instead, we abuse that freedom with tithe. We say, well, the church doesn't need it. It's so beautiful, such a big church. They don't, they, don't, they don't need all that money. I need it way more than the church does. And since I have freedom, I'm going to exercise it. Or, or we idolize our freedom. It, it sounds something like this. I can't pay my tithe. God will understand. He gave me freedom. He understands that I need it more than, than him right now. Or, or indulge. This, this, one, this, one, this one's a, a tough spot for us on the board. How do you indulge in your freedom with tithe? Well, you lose control when you give your tithe. You see, some people want to say, oh, I'll give money to you, but you better go use it to get those pews, change those colors. I don't like pink. I want green. So here, you can have $10,000, but I'm controlling this money. You see my point? 
You've now turned the blessing into a curse, church. Right? 10% has to go into the tithe. The reason it's a tithe is because the church has to decide where it goes because God is leading us. If you control all the money and tell us where it goes, then it doesn't work. The whole system breaks down. Well, I have no clue what the church does with it. Okay, you see my point. You do. On the board, every penny we spend is on the board. You can look at it. Okay. I think I've got my point, but I needed you to hear it. I have said to probably every one of you at some point in the last year, you've told me a story, and I say, whoa, careful. Turn your blessing into a curse. Careful. Blessings turn into a curse. Careful. I told Chris, I got to preach this message at some point. So this is the year. Some of these stories come right from just preaching and pastoring you guys. Some come from the internet. Some come from my own life. But you have to understand this is possible. It's not all just because of sin, though. Here's what I want to say. If you remember one thing, this is what I want you to remember. To whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. You see, many say, well, if I sin, then I'll lose my blessing. See, Satan doesn't come in and just present this massive sin in front of you, and you go, oh, no, that's not me. I'm not doing that. Away. You see, Satan, he slips in little, small, teeny, tiny things. And all of a sudden, week, week, month, month, year, year, all of a sudden you find yourself in a spot. Often is the case, I believe this, that, that we fall into these, this, this trap because we have too many blessings. What does too many blessings do? Again, let's look at this. To much is given, much is required. If we indulge in too many blessings, we become selfish. Too many blessings. That means, well, God blesses me. So if I see something nicer that's happening around the world in, in a church, in a job, well, I, I should be blessed with that. God should give that to me. I should be blessed. You feel entitled. This, this should happen to me. Or this shouldn't happen to me. Oh, this is happening to me right now. It shouldn't happen to me. This shouldn't happen to me because I was so blessed. All of a sudden, God must not love me. He must not love me anymore. You know God loves you? If you don't want to feel that way, much is required from you. Because you've been given much. Another way to say this is you can abuse your blessing slowly and slowly. God has given you blessing. Why has he given it to you? It is better to give than to receive. You take from God, but you give to others. You need to use your blessings in this season to bless others. Feel the love, show the love. Let it flow in, let it flow out. The salt life. You have to understand that we easily abuse our blessings and sometimes, what did Jesus say to the fig tree, amen? If you don't produce fruit, no more fruit will you produce. God has blessed you. What are you doing with it? And lastly, we think too highly of ourselves. We get blessed. God loves me. I must be special. I must be good. What happens here is that we got this mentality. Pray for the blessing. I get the blessing. Thank you, Lord. I got the blessing. And then, and then what happens? Oh, I got this from here, Lord. I don't need any more help. I got this. I got everything. You gave me everything I need. I can handle this from here on out. No, no, no. The Lord got you there. Stay with the Lord to get you to your destination, church. Right? And, and so what happens is we somehow, we know what's better. We know what's better than, we know what's better for us than what God does. You know, as a matter of fact, I'd rather have my old blessing 
then this new, God's moving you to a new blessing. God's changing your life around, turning you around. God's moving you to a new season. He's moving you into a, a new dimension, and he's trying to bless you. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. It was really good over here. Church, are you following me? Okay. I think, I think I've made my point. How do you avoid all of this? How do you avoid all of this? To much is given, much is required. What is required of you today? Focus on him. In a season where everyone will tell you to focus on something else, when it becomes so easy to focus on work or parties or gift giving or children or debt or sales, when a, a season purposely designed for you to mismanage your own blessing, a season where Satan is just tallying up the curses come January. Oh, I got you. I want you to focus on him. If you're going to keep your eyes on anything, I want you to keep your eyes on Jesus, not the blessing. I want, church, you to get a hold today. This is the season that we should be helping others as God has blessed you. It's not just financially. That's one way. There are so many ways to help others. I'm not going to give you any examples because God is speaking to you right now how to handle your blessings. What does it say, Chris? I've already, I put it here just, just because it's a verse. When Every time I think of Chris, as a matter of fact, the first time Chris sat down, he's our youth pastor, by the way, and, and him and I were talking. This was years ago. We were sitting right where you were, um, brother uh, Fred, and he asked me about faith and ministry and he asked me about church and leadership and Chris is a runner and so this verse came to mind it's it's in Hebrews Chris knows it Chris knows it by heart and let us run with endurance let us run for the prize that God has set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus we at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean it was not by chance you listened to it God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.